Pints and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and The Thunderdome. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses I'm wrestling. I'm giving that round of applause. Thank you. With the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the Golden Lover, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Wednesday Night Dynarite, Lindsay Kelk. Woo! That's me. It's because I write books. Yay! Hey, guess what I forgot? What did you forget? I forgot that SummerSlam is this Sunday. I forgot it's a big floor <laughs> pay-per-view weekend. Could not have given less of a shit about it. We also have uh, NXT TakeOver 30. That's on Saturday, which I suppose is why yes. AEW has moved Dynamite to Saturday. Yeah, the official t- reasoning the is playoffs. because of basketball. That's right. Yeah, my basketball. Way more um, important. But, like, you could have moved it to, like, any other time. Mm-hmm. But you thought, for lols, you would move it to an hour before TakeOver starts. Um, yep. which is so petty. And normally I am someone who enjoys petty because mm-hmm. like, um, but I, I don't like it. I like competition. I agree with competition. I, you know what I don't like about it, Hal? I don't like when it's just two rich dudes fighting over the same thing for no real reason. And there's no winner. So, like, that's who I, that's why I don't love it at this point. Cause I'm like, I feel like we're in My Fair Lady and it's just two rich dudes going, like, I'm going to make my toys fight at this time. And, like, I'm going to put the lives at risk at this time. And we shall see which lives prevail. Um, and I, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm glad to hear you just became a wrestling fan and learned that petty men run everything. <laughs> It's so bizarre yeah, to think that. I don't that. know. So can you explain wrestling to me, Hal? Because I apparently have forgotten what it is. Sure. When a man and money love each other very, very much, they have a special hug and no, then put hundreds of people at risk all around the world for entertainment. That's what happens. I'm okay with these two companies competing with one another, assuming that it brings out the best in them. WWE, and I said this when Julian tweeted from the... Sh- Julian sends these tweets from the Tights and Fights uh, Twitter account. We're at Tights Fights on Twitter, by the way, that sound like they come from all four of us, but they don't. They come from Julian and Julian alone, so I had to push back and go, <laughs> no, let us... I- I know the ratings are meaningless. They mean nothing. They've all made the money that they're going to make when it comes time to resell or sell to new advertisers. Obviously, that's going to be a bigger deal. But general live TV ratings mean nothing in an age with trailing 48, 72 hour numbers, digital streaming. There's so many different ways to that the content is being consumed. However, the idea that they are competing with one another, I think, could make both of them better. I think NXT is already very good. There are certainly areas where it can prove, but but the main thing that could come out of this, and and it would require NXT to to build a lead for a while, would be if they did it on the strength of their women's division, because that would force AEW to go. Oh, look, all of these 
uh, for the most part, straight white dudes that were marching out there every week to dominate television programming is not working. Maybe we should give women a chance. Would would be great, yeah. and I that I say that as someone who enjoys both shows. I know the AEW. You you will hear it worse online than I will if I say the same thing, uh, because I'm not allowed to talk about AEW That's on right. the internet anymore. Yeah, because it goes to Reddit, and the men are mean to me, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I agree with you, and I think we know that that is that is historically true as well, mm-hmm. because the weeks when NXT beat AEW in the ratings. The other ratings. Uh, it was weeks when they had women-led main events or women-heavy programming. Yeah, uh, that is true. And also, I think the thing that's quite dangerous, but is also true and has to be acknowledged, is women's wrestling does currently, genuinely, have a smaller fan base than men's wrestling. And a lot of people listening to this are probably thinking that's not true. I love women's wrestling. But I also have some news about this show and the size of our fan base. Uh, It is not the same size as some of the other (laughs) wrestling shows that have more men's listening to it saying, yes, I love Randy Orton. Uh, It's it's more difficult to draw a bigger fan base for women's wrestling, regardless of the quality and of how great it is. But there's also something to be said for doing the best thing in the best way and ultimately getting your reward from that. Mm-hmm. My concern, as far as the women are concerned, is that WWE is not historically a company that looks to a long-term result like that. And I get very worried that sooner or later they're just going to say, hey, this Karrion Cross fella's a big guy. Let's just put him on all the time and see if that helps. And I worry that the women will suffer right now that hasn't happened right now i think we're still seeing fantastic work from the women mm-hmm. uh, my worry is that a that nxt will have some sort of knee-jerk reaction to aw's ratings dominance which is as you quite rightly pointed out bullshit um but yeah we'll see yeah i will we'll see again as i mentioned at the top this is a big four weekend are there matches that you are genuinely looking forward to let's start with with NXT. I assume both of these take place inside that fucking Thunderdome. I don't know if NXT does. NXT might be in the PC. I feel like they're trying mm. to draw a line now between NXT and the PC and main roster in the Thunderdome, which is how I will only refer to it. Uh, and you know the song that you sang at the top, Hal? You were so right. Because yeah. we do want life beyond the Thunderdome. That is what we all want now. That's right. Uh, so that's nice. They should definitely play it. Maybe Tina could perform. I would be she here for it. She lives in like Austria or something. She lives everywhere. I read everywhere. an interview with her last year. Her she seems so happy. Yeah, she's just like chilling out on some like fucking castle in Austria being like, I'm Tina Turner, bitches. Yeah. And it's it's great. Am I excited? I'm excited to see uh, anything with the women. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to see Rhea Ripley do literally anything, uh, obviously, ever. And I don't... Have they announced a Rhea Ripley Mercedes Martinez that I assume we're going to get? They no. haven't announced it, but I feel like we're going to get it. Yeah. Because I want it, and I do want that, because I want to watch two complete badasses rip the shit out of each other. I think they might kill each other in the best way. I really want to see EO Dakota, just because I think I will like the work, not because I think it's been especially well-built, mm-hmm. the, the run-up, but I think it will be a great match. I want to see Brie Zango because I love them. Yeah. I but would... again, I think that's a pre-show. 
It might be, but I, w- I would not sleep on Brizango versus Lurkin and Birch versus Legato del Fantasma, who I think have it'll all be a great match. Great work. Yeah, it's yeah. Just a, I think it will be a really good match. I just don't know how much I care about it, which I feel bad because I do. I love those boys. I love those big bold boys in their panties, sure, drinking pints of water in the pub. I love those boys, um, and I love Brizango, and I don't not like Legato del Fantasma. I think they're doing really good work. I think the backup guys are have been pushed less front and center, but that's that's normal. Um, don't really care about Keith Lee carrying cross, which I feel bad about, but that's my not caring so much about carrying cross. And I'm where I think Keith's going to lose, and that makes me sad. I don't want Keith to lose. You know, it's been weird because there are moments in the build to this match that I've really, really enjoyed that I thought were done so well. They're both very good performers. Neither of the neither of them have done anything wrong. I just mm-hmm. I don't know how much I care. I was more invested, certainly more invested all the times he fought Dijakovic because there was those such good hoss. Yes. Like he's yes. already done a bunch of hoss fights. This feels like it's going to be another hoss fight. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not yeah. super excited. I I don't hate hoss fights. I just there's just something about it that feels very manufactured and I think part of that is his character and I've always felt that Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux are a main roster gimmick I've said that since they came up they don't feel like NXT to me Mm. Um, I love a good manager slash valet slash attendee like I love that when it's done well and she obviously relishes that role and goes for it and looks incredible but on NXT I feel like I need you to do more like I need to see her do more rather than cast a spell and set Keith Lee's eyebrows on fire um which that was a weird moment wasn't it when they like set fire to the contract that I wish Danielle were here to discuss the contract it seemed quite brief to me mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know if I had anything what in it memo. about setting fire to your eyes I didn't think that was done especially well. I don't love when NXT does those very heavy fictional moments. I don't think that's NXT's specialty. Mm-hmm. Backing that up, I think the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee buildup has been really good. Yep. I'm not especially pumped for the match. I'm, I'm curious. They have my curiosity fully. For sure. But that buildup, that's what I think NXT does well when it feels real. And we all knew it wasn't real. We knew when he went on the show it wasn't real. But they did manage to fool a lot of the people a lot of the time. Um, a lot of people thought that was real. And then when he came in and punted him in the head, it looked great when he came in this week and delivered that fucking fire promo. I'm sorry. That was a brilliant promo from Pat McAfee. Then you call me not special. How's that not special? I've never been in this ring before. Made you look amateur. I've made a million dollars in seven different professions. And you, especially you, stupid you, mustache stooge, in the ignorant wrestling community at home, you better hope that I don't stick with this profession because this will be number eight if I want to. I am, I'm excited to see it. I don't have high expectations of that action. Right. 
but I think he has done a fantastic build and he has made me care about it in a way that the Karrion Cross Keith Lee hasn't. It feels like, and it's the same thing with um, both of the new, both of those hosses in AEW where you build a guy up. It's like, it's Hogan in the eighties. He's, yeah. he's the baby face. You have to bring in a monster heel who they build up and build up to, to look huge. Like appears just sort of shows up is the number one contender because he's such a big monster looks great in a match is defeated and then disappears. And I don't, yeah. who knows if that happens here, but it, it definitely damages them. The, the whole thing is built up obviously to make the babyface champion look good. And yeah. so it just, at a certain point, sometimes you're numb to it. Sometimes it, it hooks you in this, this Keith Lee, and carrying cross thing feels like you did everything right. You took your steps the way you yeah. needed to. I could track a logic to it. It just, uh, it's not, it's not hitting. It doesn't hit for me. But I think because we're so emotionally connected to Keith, like we as the NXT universe are so emotionally connected to Keith Lee, we are all so invested in his victory and his eventual championship and having seen him work for it. To me, to see this guy walk in and challenge for it in NXT feels unearned yeah. and I think that's where I suffer with it and I think if Karrion Cross wins I don't know what that means for my NXT and now I'm being like armchair booker but it's my NXT and I like it the way I like it it's not mine it doesn't belong to me it belongs to the people who book it and the people who book it aren't necessarily people I would agree with in general life so you know I don't know but if he wins I don't know what that means for my NXT if he loses I think he has to go main roster. I think he just has to have come in to do this story and then fuck off straight to main roster and maybe even show up at SummerSlam. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know if they would do that, but I don't think if he loses, like you say, it's so damaging. So I think he would just have to go over. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, moving on to SummerSlam, I, the Asuka matches, I'm sure will be fine. I'm not thrilled about her having two matches in one night when you have a ton of women on that roster who can wrestle that they could have built up, but didn't. But I think we've talked about that uh, already. I'm excited for Drew and Randy. I think that's built well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, we don't have Danielle's board, but I believe Randy is roughly on approximately 21 days without a fuck up right now. That's right. Which is wild. Uh, and he really seems, I mean, you shared a TikTok with us this week uh, where Randall is, is showing yet more connection with the kids uh he's posting posting on tiktok with his dollies mm-hmm. uh which seems like a, a good guy move um yeah i'm into it I, I feel like randy's probably gonna win and i love drew but i'm not mad at that because i feel like maybe this is randy's last go around the sun with the uh with the big belt and i'd be okay with that yeah maybe so uh we're gonna come back to ww in a minute but i want to talk to talk about aew the big news is that they will officially welcome back fans in masks to live shows in their open-air amphitheater, 10 to 15% capacity starting next week. So they go from from nope to having wrestlers kind of intermingled. Now it's wrestlers and staff kind of sort of separated from one another to letting people back in wearing masks. Even at, So now it's just going to appear like a slightly less empty arena. I just, I, yes. I don't know, it just feels so fucking stupid. We're a year away from being able to go out in public again, people. You don't need... Like, they're fine. It's fine. 
it's fine. But the governor of Florida says it's okay. That well-known, well-respected yes. individual who definitely has the uh, well-being of his state people at, at heart says it's okay. Um, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I, I don't know what else to say. I hate it. I This, again, to me, feels like AEW. And when I say AEW, I kind of mean Cody. It feels like Cody con pettiness. That they're like, we did it first. We got fans in. We got fans in. And I've seen a bunch of their talent tweeting saying, like, I can't wait to be in front of mask wearing, social distancing, caring about each other. I'm this is me. I'm subtweeting FTR, which I hate because I love FTR. But like, I've seen that more people also tweeting saying, we can't wait to be in front of fans and we're doing it safely. I'm like, there is no safely. We've learned this this week, have we not, from all the schools that went back and then immediately closed and had to U-turn and send people home because they had infected hundreds of students on their staff and then sent them all back to their homes to infect more people? I, 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 I want to love AEW. I want this. I want them to be the thing they said they were going to be. But I don't know if it's super progressive to be putting your audience at risk. All right, let's wrap up this segment with a bit of bright news. For Renee Young, who is reportedly leaving WWE after SummerSlam to pursue other broadcast interests, this is a huge loss to WWE. Although I think that that after talking smack, that was yeah. like such a great Ow. vehicle for her. She was great in everything she did. She did great stuff for the network. She had her YouTube stuff. Yeah. Like everything she she did was great. She was fantastic and brought a new dimension to their broadcasting. And and now Catherine Kelly's not there either, who would have been the heir apparent in that role yeah yeah i'm sad because i think she's great but i am not on i am not surprised i don't find this a strange choice for her and i know everyone's like well her husband left i'm like you know what i actually don't think it has as much to do with her husband leaving as it has to do with a they gave her the rona uh, and that might make me think twice about my employment situation and b she is fucking great at what she does and i think she has outgrown it backstage got cancelled on fs1 so she lost that opportunity she hasn't she lost her commentary opportunity a while back when she was getting good and no one Mm -hmm. walks into commentary and is incredible do we all remember beth phoenix at the very beginning and now Uh beth phoenix who i cannot imagine nxt without her now right i'm not surprised i'm really happy for her i hope she's going on to something awesome and i don't even think it's a fuck you wwe as much as some people to me, it's not as much of a fuck you, WWE. To me, it's a, I have outgrown this and I'm ready for the next step in my career, which is natural when you're as talented as she is. If she appears on AEW, will you be disappointed or happy? Oh, I'll be fucking gutted. Uh, <laughs> I would be. Me too. I would be. But also, like, if she appeared in a guest capacity, as a, like, I would be like, whatever. But I just, I love wrestling. I defend my love of wrestling every day. I think Renee has outgrown wrestling, and I don't mean that in a way to shit on the thing I love. I mean it in a way that I think she's a legitimate sports reporter who is capable of doing something fucking great in another field, and I would love to see her breaking boundaries in other sports fields. Uh, I mean it in the best, kindest possible way. I want to see her on, like, NFL. I want to see her on NHL. I want to see her, like on a desk somewhere with authority being taken seriously and being respected for all that she is and all she can do. I like it. 
If you have anything to say about what we, if you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far, the conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. When we come back, we're diving into the mailbag once again to answer questions from you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors. and Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week, I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately, we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to give something from wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to rock. Whoa! We're back answering a few of your questions. Thanks to everyone who used the AskTNF hashtag for this episode. Here we go. Nick wants to know, quote, Why isn't comedy wrestling taken more seriously? Chuck Taylor deserves some damn respect for doing the work and the art. End quote. Uh, I think because people like to shit on comedy in general. (laughs) I think people like to believe that, okay, I'm going to make this real personal because we can, because it's our podcast. Uh, People like to think that being funny is not as valuable or as difficult as it is to be serious. And that's not true. I am a rom-com writer. I write comedy in my daily life most days because it's my job. Uh, and it's really, really hard when I am routinely, people will treat my job when I tell them what I do. They're like, oh, that's cute. Huh. But they don't take it seriously because they don't think being funny is as hard as being serious. Also look at all the actors that only win Oscars and get nominated for stuff when they switch from comedy to drama. It's bullshit. Being funny is really hard. Being mm-hmm. physically funny is really hard. Wrestlers are pulling off amazing slapstick at the same time as awesome athletic ability and telling a story. But ultimately, no one will ever take that as seriously as being a big dog who comes out and says, I'm going to beat you because that's how we are wired as humans. I think that might be my answer. What about you, Hal? I would say it is odd to say, why isn't comedy taken more seriously? I think maybe what you're what you're trying to ask Nick is why is it underappreciated? I think that it certainly has its place in shows and the people who are, who are really good at it are really, really good at it. Uh, guys like Colt Cabana in particular come to mind. And that is, I think for people who do not appreciate it, they come to a wrestling show for a certain thing. And when that expectation is upset, they're, they don't react to it well because they want to see, they came to see punch, kick, jump, pin, and they don't want comedy in it. So they don't appreciate people who are actually giving them a break from seeing a, a card that may be the same thing over and over and over again um, or feel 
feel just kind of samey in general, even though there are many cards where they are all wrestling matches and all different because people work different styles. I certainly don't mean to imply anything other than that. But I think that's why. I think people don't like people don't like change and they don't like the unexpected happening. Like, I thought this was a wrestling show. Why what is all this comedy crap? But it is wrestling. It is it's story when you look at it as storytelling as a whole, I think you have a greater appreciation for it. So that's that's why yeah. I think it's a people form don't. of wrestling. It is. Right? Like and there sure. are different forms of wrestling. And now listening to your less personal <laughs> take on the answer where I'm like, no, fuck people that don't appreciate comedy. It's fucking hard. Um I would yes, you're right, because you go to a show and you see all different kinds of wrestling at that show. And I personally don't enjoy deathmatch wrestling. So if I go to a show and I see someone get hit through the throat with a fluorescent tube, I'm going to go, ah, I didn't want to see that. But the two guys in the ring agreed on that. And that was a contract between the two of them to do that. And some people at that show fucking love watching a guy get hit with a fluorescent tube. So I guess different strokes for different folks. Um, but I do just wish everyone could let everyone like the thing that they like and respect and appreciate the work that they do. Yeah, I would I would liken it to if you were going to a an Arthur Miller pl- festival, like a, just watching a bunch of his plays, and then in the middle they dropped in The Odd Couple, which is a very enjoyable show on its own. Just so f- it feels so far outside. That that it probably disrupts people. I don't I don't agree with it. I don't agree with that assessment. But that's me trying to trying to understand it. So thank yeah. you for asking. Nick. It's hard, isn't it? Because so many people are good at it. And you think yeah. of like Orange Cassidy, who is he's a comedy wrestler. Like he, he is there to make you laugh. What he's doing is designed to make you laugh. But then he backs it up with fucking great talent too. Yep. Uh, and I think some wrestlers lean more on the comedy than the talent and I get how that could be tiresome but uh, I think when it is well combined like Chuck Taylor I love I love the Kentucky Gentleman myself uh, I don't think he's not appreciated I, I like I like him probably, I've seen him be very underappreciated. popular it's, now I also understand when it's not the dominant thing on a card that that can be upsetting because you don't get to see it as often. So I feel for you. Because isn't there, well, there's, isn't there also something to be said for how it seems like in WWE, especially, there's always like, if you really want to be a WWE super, like a big, big guy, you have to ditch the comedy stuff, which is what Big E has had to deal with for a lot of his career, where it's like, stop being a pancake throwing guy if you want to be taken yeah. seriously by all those veterans that like kind of chime in on interviews about WWE, him. that's definitely a point. And I we've just heard Rusev back that up too. Rusev just did an interview where he said he wanted to be able to do both and they told him no. So obnoxious. Because he just yeah. had to stand there and stare and it's like, but Rusev when he was funny was really funny. Yeah, Rusev on great. Total Divas is really funny. Uh, yeah, I think WWE that's, but also whenever you look at WWE, and this is also true, we have to look at all of our tastes have been influenced by what we saw growing up and primarily what we saw has been WWE. It is all dictated by the tastes of one man. And that one man thinks what's funny is shit and food fights. And I do mean scat. Like, he thinks pooping and wee and puking and food fights are hilarious, but he doesn't want his big monsters involved in that. Uh, So a lot of what has 
filtered through the tastes of wrestling as a, a, an entity, I think in the last 30 years, I think I've been dictated by that guy. And if he's saying you can't be both, a lot of people will have taken that to heart. And a lot of us at home will have taken that to heart. But thankfully we have people out there right now that are proving that's not true. You can be both. You can be all things. You can be whatever you want to be, people. Look on Instagram and find an affirmation. It'll be there. It'll, it'll be easy. Just search it. Branavan asks, what are your opinions on the stiff head drop type wrestling that was popularized by 1980s and 1990s Japanese wrestling that would influence today's wrestling? What do you think are the positives and negatives about that influence? That was a labyrinth that I just... Wasn't it? Wasn't it? I don't like when people get dropped on their head. That's the end of my reply to that. Did you see NXT this week? Did you Mm -hmm. see Johnny Gargano get dropped on his neck? Did you also nearly vomit in your mouth? I don't like it. I don't like it. It's bad. Take care of one another. Take care (laughs) of one another. Mike asks... Yes. Given the show's obvious interest in women's wrestling and how jaded you understandably seem by some of the product the Big Two put out... Why do you guys never mention Impact or Stardom? I don't mention them because I don't watch them. I've tried to watch Impact in the past and found it so unwatchable. A- anything outside of the ring was so unwatchable to me that it's it's I given the amount of time I have to watch wrestling in a given week with everything else that I do, I just I haven't said I what I'm going to do is budget time where I should be where I could be watching one of the two big the two biggest companies in wrestling in the United States and I'm going to spend time giving this another shot. I've seen matches here and there. If you want to send me links on Twitter, I will I will hopefully check them out, but that is why I don't talk, I don't talk about them because I don't have knowledge of them and I'm glad that they're that they are doing good work, but it's that doesn't make the mistakes that WWE and AEW make any less egregious and I'm to just turn away from them and not hold them hold their feet to the fire feels wrong but yeah that's just me yeah um it's hard to answer this without it sounding defensive and i don't mean it to firstly from my point of view is like how a time issue i only have so much time and i do watch AEW WWE most of their shows if not all of their shows at some point i also love new japan and i watch a lot of new japan with that in mind we only have an hour a week to talk about the wrestling we talk about on this podcast and we don't talk about everything we've watched just from AEW and WWE and I think because they are the main shows there is an expectation and kind of an agreement between us as hosts and ourselves that they're the shows we're going to talk about because they're the biggest most popular shows that everyone's watching so if we talk about the stuff everyone's watching we can talk to more people and that's what we want we want to talk to the most people that we can so that for me is is part of it also while we may seem jaded and disenchanted it doesn't mean we're not enjoying the product as a whole. It's just that's the thing we're talking about. Like, I love NXT. I love pretty much all the women's wrestling on WWE. I think they're doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. I'm really disappointed with AEW's women's division. The tag team tournament that was supposed to be a reset to me has been a complete failure. has been a huge disappointment. But I'm still waiting for AEW to get better. I still have a spark of hope that it's a new company and I would love for it to get better. And I have to watch it because I have to report on it. Like, I want to talk to you guys about it. So that I am going to watch. NXT, obviously, I'm going to watch because I love it. Um, 
with that in mind, I then don't have that much time. If I, if I was going to find the time, I haven't given that time to impact because again, in the past, I don't think it's been a super quality product for me to enjoy personally. I haven't enjoyed it. They also have a bunch of dudes on that roster that I don't want to support or I don't like that they have picked up that I'm like, nope, nope, you got let go for a reason. You're not for me. Bye, TJP. But also other people. I'm like, I don't want to watch some people on that show. The women I've heard are doing amazing work and there's a ton of women on that roster that I super respect. I love Diana Parazzo. I was gutted when she left NXT. Uh, there's a ton of women on there. Jordan Grace is on there. Like, I, I guess Emma is still there. Is Tennille? I believe she's still listed as a knockout. But mostly she just seems to be going all over the world in bikinis. Cool. Good. More power to you, Emma. Like, I wish I could. Um, but there's a ton of women on that roster who I have heard are amazing, who I have heard are doing brilliant stuff. And I, I do have it on my list of things to do to catch up with the knockouts division and support that because I really do want to see women doing great stuff. And I'm pumped that they're doing that, pumped that they're putting their energy into it. As for stardom, it's just genuinely been, I think, to get into a Japanese promotion, especially when I, when I got into New Japan, it took time because there is a language barrier and there is a existing storyline barrier. You've got to like spend that time jumping in, getting to know everyone, getting to know the characters, getting to know the stories, finding your feet, finding your way around it. And the way I did that with New Japan was I got in on a G1. I'd watched the Wrestle Kingdom and I was like, this is cool, but I wasn't emotionally engaged. And then I got in on a G1 and I was like, oh my God. And then obviously Kenny and Kota and the Bullet Club. And there was an easy way for me as an English speaker, which sounds, it's lazy, you know, like that's true, but it was easier for me to get in with the Bullet Club, with a largely English speaking faction that made it very easy for me to enter the world of New Japan. And then when I got in it, I loved it. Uh, With stardom, I'm like, I need to do that work. Uh, I know Danielle watches a bunch of Stardom and I and some Shimmer and some, a bunch of other stuff. I just need to do the work, man. Um, and I currently am writing a book and being in a pandemic. So I, <laughs> I haven't had the time. But again, if anyone has any links they want to send us, I want to see them. And you know what would be awesome? And I don't, this is going to sound, it could sound shitty and I don't mean it shitty, someone start a fucking great impact and stardom podcast and I will listen to it because that's not us and that's not what we do because we can only do so much but like do it if you want to hear it do it that's what I've always given advice to podcasters when people write to podcasters and say why aren't you doing x I'm like because you should definitely do it that means there's a blank space and that means you should do it and kill it and be awesome at it and I'll listen to it but that's that's my answer yeah I I I don't know that I have anything to add to that. I, I will say one thing. I do have something to add to that, I, to what you said, where you were apologizing for not digging deeper. I don't think it's... It's not necessarily incumbent upon you to have to research and watch every single thing. I think if stuff's brought to your attention, you can check it out, and that's all right. But also, everybody has different amounts of time and different levels of interest in things, and that's it doesn't yeah. make anybody more of a fan or less of a fan based on the things that they enjoy. Whatever you enjoy. And it's like, only because, like, yeah, I have wanted to. Like, I do, it's yeah. on my list to do, so you know? Think, but, like, everyone's to-do list 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's to-do list is everyone's to-do list and everyone's to-do list in between every point they have to do right now has live in a pandemic in between each point. Um, yeah. Which really just, you know, guys, it eats a lot of time. It eats a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So we'll get there. We'll, or we won't. But um, I do, I genuinely do mean it when whenever people message me and about my other podcasts that I work on too, we get questions about stuff and I'm like, you know, that's a brilliant point. You should like 100% get into that and there's podcast is not pie there is more podcasts there is as much podcast as anyone would like if you think there is a gap for that podcast make it and be brilliant at it and we will support you yeah 100 percent. i could not agree with that more we we do what we do here and we it's not that we don't branch out at times but this is what we've been covering and it's just sort of it's sort of how it's been there there are gonna be times where you're real happy that we talk about stuff you like and there are gonna be other times where you're gonna be frustrated week after week after week because we're not discussing we're not also discussing something so you either create that content or it may be out there somewhere like listen to i'm sure other wrestling podcasts will start at some point and when they do then somebody will cover impact and you can check that I, out. I've heard that there are one or two getting off the ground. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you it. search the internet, the depths of the internet, maybe you'll find something. I don't know. I'll believe it know. when I see it. Matthew asks, is fans attachment to individual wrestlers making long-term storytelling harder? Some fans seem more interested in a company putting a title on their favorite than a company telling good stories and building a fully fleshed out world. I, I, I think my answer is for the creative team, no. I think that fans, wrestling fans are great. And as a whole, and I include myself in this, wrestling fans are terrible. Because we all have the internet and think we know everything that's happened to every single person. And that we know best. People who have never uh, drawn a paycheck from wrestling, never worked in wrestling. Maybe some of you have. If you have. Then you have then you experience a privilege that that nobody associates associated every week with this show has. So I can talk and propose things that sound good, and I love I love to fantasy book stuff. But ultimately, I don't get a say. If I if I were were put in charge and everything I wanted to have happened, Jericho would have would have stayed the world champion in in April of two thousand. But the stuff that unfolded after that was great, and I enjoyed it. And they're sometimes long-term long-term stories suck, and you don't like them. Sometimes they're really good, and it and it takes a while to realize where you are in the story. I do think that programs have gotten shorter, which is why AEW's longer-term storytelling has been so enjoyable. And when it feels like WWE is telling a long-term story, like with Sasha and Bailey, that's more enjoyable too. The long-term storytelling is out there. You have to just sometimes you just have to sort of see how it plays out and something that feels short short term maybe long term and sometimes it just sucks yeah i would say sometimes it just sucks would be a great t-shirt uh but i would say for my money what has damaged long-term storytelling more than fans attachment to individual wrestlers which i'll get to as a separate point is the massive uptick in pay-per-views and event wrestling because if when it was the big four 
you built stories between each of the big four. Now there's a pay-per-view every month and the expectation is that you will have payoffs to stories every month. Now you can use those payoffs to continue to build or you can just use it as a new hit and a new hit and a new hit and a new hit. And I think that's a trap that WWE, and I'm talking about WWE, I I don't think AEW has as much weight behind it yet or enough time behind it to really speak to their long term at length which is a saying the same thing twice but um i i think wwe has fallen foul of trying to have a new story for each monthly pay-per-view and with too many you could easily do that in a minor way but i think with the bigger belts with the bigger characters you've got to let it build and you've got to let it breathe and i don't think the fans attachment to anyone should impact that i think that's on the writers that's on the writers to disassociate from that you obviously have to read the room and obviously there's no room to read right now so I guess you have to engage with the internet but there are other ways WWE can engage they look at their merch sales they look at social media follows they don't have to look at the actual feedback from very vocal fans (laughs) if they don't want to they can actually just go to Instagram and say who has a ton of followers who is getting a ton of engagement Mm -hmm. that's the same as seeing who's getting shouted at in the room because if I have one wrestler that has a million followers but people don't really engage with his content then it's like they were interested but they're not that interested if i see a wrestler has who has half a million followers but sky high engagement that means people are going back to see what they're doing because they want to see what they're doing and this is me giving away free social media strategy consultation to wwe which is utterly foolish because it's easily a thousand dollars a day of my time please feel free to email me um but I, there are different ways to do it where you don't just look at what fans are saying online because, again, same as Hal, I put myself in that boat. I am a fan who has favorites and who has thoughts and who has feelings about the people I like. The WWE does not need, AEW does not need to look at individual people's reactions to an individual person. They need to take that out of the equation and write their stories as good stories, knowing their long-term vision for a character. I might love Orange Cassidy today, doing what he's doing today, but maybe they have a long-term story where he turns heel. And I don't want that right now. Right now I'm saying, oh my God, absolutely not. I never want that. But will I want it in six months when they've executed it brilliantly? Maybe I will. Maybe I hate Randy Orton today. Well, that's a bad example because randy maybe i hate aj styles today but then maybe they have a long-term plan for him to do something that i don't know about and if you just said to me off the top of your head we're going to do x with him i'd be like oh that's bullshit that doesn't work but maybe over the long course it does work it's all about character building it's all about storytelling and having faith in your writers and your performers to pull it off i don't know where that's been lost at WWE, I don't know when they stopped giving their writers that autonomy. I guess autonomy is never the right word because there was always one guy. Uh, but when it stopped being that they were allowed to tell long stories and when it wasn't changed on the fly on the day. You know, like Raw Underground. Do I like Raw Underground? Am I pleased to have Shane and his jeans back on my screen? Sure, of course I am. That's literally my jam. Do I think Raw Underground was a roaring success from the first week? No, it was stupid. It was silly. 
Did I think this week it had redeeming moments? Yeah. I'm like, could it work with Shayna Baszler and uh, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir? Like, wow, this is maybe the place where Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke shine. Maybe this is where it works for them. I'm prepared to hang out and see how it works. Um, I, I think the favor, I think the fans' attachment to individual wrestlers is a separate question to long-term storytelling because fans have always had attachment to individual wrestlers. We should have attachment to individual wrestlers. That's what they want. They want you to love your guy. But their long-term storytelling has to happen around that and not because of that. I like it. Finally, Peter asks, would you rather fight Brock Lesnar or Brock Lesnar's weight in Alistair and Zelina's smush-faced cats? I would rather fight Brock because I don't... I, I feel like you'd enjoy that. Cats frighten me. I feel like with Brock, you know where you are and you're getting like three Germans and an F5 and you're out. Yeah. Um, but personally, death by smush-faced cat seems like a hell of a way to go. Oh, just the claws. And, oh, but I bet they get their little claws trimmed. They're well-kept babies. They're mm. well-kept babies. They get little claws trimmed. Um, I, I, that's how I want to go, actually. So thank you for raising that. You know, I'm not really into a smush face cat. I've never been a Persian oh, so gal. Cute. My dad had a Persian and she was an asshole. Um, so Shocker. <laughs> she was such a prick. <laughs> uh, but she was the prickiest cat I've ever known. My cats aren't pricks. They're delightful. They're hanging out with me right now saying, like, what are we doing? Uh, Didn't one of them nice. vomit on your desk while we were recording? He vomited off my desk into the air conditioner. Get it right, Hal. Get it right. Uh, I was going to say they were raised right. They weren't. He just he missed mommy's attention. He's had it for five months. It just hits different. Mommy wanted to watch money play. Uh, look, I mean, it could be worse. Could have been a baby. Could have shit up my back. I mean, they, they they don't do that. Cats don't poop on you like human children. They just vomit off your desk and into your air conditioning unit. But death by smush face cat, I'll take it. If you've got any thoughts... How do you pin all of them? You can't. You can't. You can't. They're, they're unstoppable. They're unstoppable. <laughs> if you've got any thoughts on what we've discussed, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Second big news. Mm-hmm. The reviews are in. Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. Tyson and Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we will end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. <laughs> Lindsay? Ding, ding, ding. What I would, you like would to like over? to... <laughs> I would like to put over my elven prince and forever love, Kota Ibushi, 
I, I don't know how many times I've put over something, including Kotoribushi, but it's so many times. Uh, not only is he now blessing us with his beautiful good looks, his acting skills. I did just buy the Blu-ray of his um, monster movie. I'm very excited to watch that. And uh, his boxer short trunks that you can now purchase. Kotoribushi is now also sharing Agony Uncle advice on the New Japan website. And it's pretty good. <laughs> He's pretty smart. He's been doing it for a few weeks. So you can go back and read. There's a backlog. Um, someone from New Japan will ask him a question sent in by a, a fan. And Kota will just give them some kind of tough love response. Uh, some of them have included... Um, I can't remember what the questions are. I only remember his advice because it's always very interesting. One life lesson that you will learn from Kota is if something's not working out, just stop doing it. Just stop doing it or do the opposite. So he's like, if I'm trying to do X and it isn't happening, I'll just do Y until it does. And one of them this week was someone who was like, I've been applying for a job and I can't get this dream job that I want. What should I do? So Kota's like, well, stop doing that because it's not working. Do something else. And like, it seems very simple and harsh, but also kind of smart. Because then he did expand on it and he was like, you know, maybe take up a temp job or take a part-time job. Stop applying for what you're doing because whatever you're doing right now, you, it's not working. You're not getting it. So you need to figure out why that is. So maybe go do something else while you figure it out. And maybe while you're doing something else, you'll fall in love with something else and you'll find another career that you love. And it'll turn out that that wasn't the right career for you in the first place. I'm like, that's not horrible advice. Because if you're applying for a job, the same job, 10 different times and you're not getting it, there's a reason for that. So it could be, like, you're not qualified for it. It could be, it's not the right job for you. Kota's got the in. He's got the advice. He's also got great advice on talking to members of the opposite sex, which is just like, <laughs> they're just people. Just talk to people. Uh, and also one person who was getting teased, <laughs> always 17-year-old who was playing games online with a girl that he's not dating or anything. They're just playing games online a lot. And she plays games online with a lot of people. It's not like they're dating or anything, but his friends keep teasing him about it. And what should he do? <laughs> and Kota's main advice there was grow the fuck up, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> it's like, you're 17. You're not a child. Who cares if your friends are teasing you? You're just playing games. Get over it. And um, I had a lot of respect for that. But he is a very caring and wonderful, perfect human. And his view on life is not always the same as everyone else's. So... Go check him out. It's on the New Japan website. He uh, He's here for all of us. Kota is for all of us. And I, I love him so much. Excellent. I'm going to be putting over friend of the show, RJ City, who will be doing a match game on Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM this Sunday, August 23rd at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That is noon Pacific time. You can register to, I guess, participate at SiriusXM.com forward slash SummerSlam. But the contestants are Ron Funches and Mike Lawrence. And then the match game panelists are Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, and Dave LaGreca. So it should be a lot of fun. This is definitely in RJ's wheelhouse. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing him be funny and make fun of yeah. Tommy Dreamer. See, there you go. We're in the I RJ have his city. t-shirt on because I love him. See, there you he's go. My, he's my secret boyfriend and he doesn't know. Now he does. Now he knows it. Now <laughs> that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk along with me, Hal Lublin, who is, I'm all over the place. I got a, a today I'm doing Mark Evan Jackson's 50th birthday. I don't know if that's going to be available later. It should be at houseseats.live. If so, also at houseseats.live, uh, you can uh, see me in a really, really fun show 
called Nerds and Music that is going to be raising some money for a charity. It's going to be really, really, really fun. And it's got a great group of guests in it. Too many for me to name. This is a this is only an hour and a half long podcast, for goodness sakes. But check that out. Along with all my podcast. Oh, this is very exciting. This coming week on We Got This with Mark and Hal. This week is DC Fandome. So we tapped Shazam himself, Zachary Levi, to join us and talk about candy bars. And this is exclusive. I haven't mentioned this anywhere else. That is coming this Tuesday. For, for a, Shazam himself. For a second, I thought you meant Kazam, and I was like, you got Shaq on the show. That's right. Shaq is here. We, we were talking about best Shaq food maneuver over on uh, We Got This Market Hell. Check that out. Lindsay, books? I got books. Um, I got loads of books. Uh, in case you missed it, it's out now in the UK and Australia, and it's out on ebook in America and Canada, and it will be out in paperback on September 8th, which is super soon now. So please feel free to pre-order that wherever you buy books or at your library. You can go and ask them to get it for you, and they will order it for you, and you can read it through your library. And I'm writing a new one because it's my job and it's might gonna kill me, but maybe not. So read this one just in case it does. Uh, but that would be grand. Bookshops, libraries, go support them. Our producer Julian Burrell highly recommends using your PTO in quarantine. I will second that. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. And thank you so much to all the Max Fun members, both old and new, from the recently completed drive who make this show possible. And if you want some merch, some Tights and Fights merch, we have a t-shirt that you can buy and wear. I'm wearing it right now. It's hella comfortable. NorCal, folks. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.